The presenting sponsor of today's podcast is Fifth Element CBD. Fifth Element is ultra-high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, aka 5E, is full-spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Over the Monster Podcast. As is the case every week, it is me, your host, Matt Collins, and I am joined, as I pretty much always am, by Brian Joyner. Brian, what's going on? How are you uh, surviving the West Coast trip by sleeping before the game is over? I mean, that's the idea. Last night, I was not able to do so for reasons I Cannot put my finger on some little groggy, but yes, in general, it's just uh, get the lineups in um, right before the kids go to bed, though. Last night, the Angels cut it pretty close there. Um, That's Joe Ben for you. Yeah, I mean, he's not the only one, but as soon as I hadn't, I keep forgetting he's the manager of the Angels because there's one angel that matters right now. And... Um, when it was late, I was like, uh, first I was a little nonplussed, and then I remembered, oh yeah, it's Joe Madden, of course. Of course. He's just here to be annoying. Um, I do appreciate that this West Coast trip only has three late games. That's a nice little change from some other season. And uh, I guess I should take this time to mention that we are, as we say pretty much every week, uh, we're recording this Tuesday afternoon. Um, we are certainly not staying up until after tonight's game uh, to record because that would be like 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, but Tuesday's game should be exciting. You will have already seen it uh, by the time we hear this, but it is Nate Evaldi against Shohei Otani, which is a nice segue into the first thing I want to talk about today, which is the All-Star game. Uh, both of the starters in tonight's game are going to be at the All-Star game. Otani will be pitching and hitting. Evaldi will just be pitching, if anything, but... Um, Nate is one of three Red Sox players to join Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers in Denver for the All-Star game. Uh, The reserves were announced this past weekend. Matt Barnes, Avaldi, and J.D. Martinez all going to the All-Star game with Devers and Bogarts. Um, All three of these guys deserving, in your mind? Well, yes, I I do think so. And the only one that surprises me is... Evaldi, um, though, as a follower of many Red Sox fans, particularly ones who are overly enthusiastic about Evaldi and who have been sharing his uh, place above the AL Fangraphs war leaderboard 
or thereabouts all season. Uh, he's there right now. Um, it shouldn't surprise me based on the merits, It's, but it's a popularity contest. Um, so it didn't occur to me he would be a shoe-in or I guess considered, but that is certainly a me problem, not a Nate Evaldi problem. He deserves it. He's great. Yeah, I was gonna kind of say the same thing when I was thinking about the potential All Stars before, before this, these rosters were announced. Um, Evaldi wasn't necessarily a guy that I had been thinking of as a possibility, but like you said, he's atop the F four leaderboard, um, which is not really something that I look at. I'm not a big fan of fit based WAR for pitchers myself, but I mean he's deserving he's getting a decent amount of strikeouts and he's his control has been amazing his ability to keep the ball in the yard i don't know how much of that is luck and how much of that is him but it's been nice to see so i was surprised by evaldi but that was like you said that was more of a me problem and i guess not really paying attention to the things that i should have been paying attention to um was he really i mean so i'm guessing since you said that he was the only surprise for you definitely the most surprising the other surprise was uh I don't know if you saw, I'm sure you did, that his wife makes cakes for basically any occasion for any Red Sox players. And not just cakes, just different pastries. And she's incredible. I mean, these look I like... I did not know this. Oh, man. She made... The first time uh, hearing of this. She made, I think it was Adovino, a cake. And along the sides, there were panels for every team he had been on. Um, and then she made like little cake pops or something that were different characters that they they're professionally done she's extremely good at it so shout out rebecca uvaldi thicker yeah that is uh i'm definitely gonna look at that um after we record this because i love cake and i like looking at cakes um i will say i was a little surprised not majorly surprised but a little surprised jd made it um, not because he didn't deserve it. He very clearly is having an all-star caliber season. He's got a 141 WRC plus, uh, as we're recording this before Tuesday's game. And he has been, I mean, he carried the lineup a little bit early in the season. He's been one of the core pieces the whole year, but my only reasoning for maybe not expecting him to get in was just that he's a DH. Otani's obviously also a DH and he's taking one of the spots. And then Nelson Cruz, who also made the team seemed like the logical choice for the twins only um, player. So I wasn't really sure they were going to put three DHs on this roster, but they did. And I mean, I think that's, I'm glad for JD because like I said, he deserved it, but I was kind of as the roster reveal got closer i was actually kind of expecting him not to make it just because i didn't see three dhs making this team well i gotta say that um i think one is more regimented than the other but between the futures game and this it seems like baseball was like let's just put the stars in wherever we can i mean that's how it should be too yeah it's the all star game (laughs) yeah but for those who don't know the futures roster is like if you are a prospects person it's it's just every single one of them um it's incredible uh i don't know why it should seem incredible if that's the point of it but i don't think it's been like this before they're just having everyone including this 18 year old yankees prospect who's played three or four games in the gulf former gulf coast league 
uh, Jason Dominguez because he's got hype. They're just leaning into hype uh, among uh, uh, prospects. And they had their first ever combine. They're really just modeling it after the the combine, at least after the NFL, I believe. So as much as we say... NBA baseball, is a combine, too. I think they were the only sport that really didn't have a combine. Right. And I think, I think that was just because it's the middle of the season. Right. But I think that we do say a lot that baseball shoots itself in the foot trying to get new fans. It is doing new things, uh, at least with respect to the Futures game. It's a little off topic. But uh, for the same reason, I'm happy that J.D., Nelson Cruz, and Shohei are there, even if they only get one at bat each, because they're awesome. Um, so... That's it's more fun than it is not fun than it, if it was like instead of JD Martinez it was some jobber from Pooh slapdick prospect yeah slapdick prospect he's in the he's in the futures game I believe who's that Edwards right yeah Xavier Edwards who he's referring to yeah um we'll talk about the futures game in. A little bit later, because um, Red Sox do have a couple players there. But sticking with the regular All-Star game and looking at the players on the Red Sox. Sorry, like a hoverboat just drove by me. Um, looking at the players who did not make it from the Red Sox, is there anyone who sticks out to you as deserving to be there? I know you didn't really appreciate my post the other day about somebody who I thought had the numbers at least to be there. Yeah, again, all star game. I'm I'm happy for you, Garrett Whitlock. Okay. Happy you're having a good season. But no. Not happening. Especially because that type of player is the very anyone of that ilk should be the only representative from their team. Um in in my opinion. That that would be the case where someone like that would make the team. I didn't I don't really see it in this case, but the answer is no. I mean, certainly the Red Sox have lots of other good players, but um, I would not put any other in the combination of production and um, sort of popularity value to be the sixth person from the team to go. Well, I mean, the, yeah, the, the fact that they already had five, which is the most in the majors, kind of makes this question feel ridiculous. And um, I don't think I necessarily agree with you totally about it only being stars. I think that's a good – if something's close, you opt for the stars. But like Aroldis Chapman, Chase said in the post, obviously does not deserve to be there. Um, the voting – he I think he got voted in by the players. That voting took place before his meltdown over the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, it makes sense why he's there. I understand it. But uh, he's don't, clearly not deserving. Don't he's stare the gift horse in the mouth of him blowing everything. Just <laughs> just live with it however you have to live with it. I don't really care that much. And it, I think the Red Sox have Whitlock and I think Josh Taylor have cases to be there over Chapman. Um well, but Josh Taylor's going to win 20. the Cy Young Award, so he'll be fine. I mean, at this at this rate, he's going to. 26 straight scores appearances. But, I mean, there are a lot of relievers that could also have a case over Chapman and potentially have a case over Taylor or Whitlock. So I don't necessarily think that they're snubs. There's, that's a word I think that gets thrown around too much. I do think they're having seasons worthy of all-star consideration, but I don't uh I don't necessarily begrudge them not being there. I do, just to your point, though, about not them not being the types of players to go, I think it is kind of 
nice to have a few of those players at least in there. Um, it's always well, a nice story to see, kind of. But well, you said only if they're the only representative from. Okay, the not team, only because wasn't Brock Holt an All Star once? I mean, um, I think he was the only representative. Maybe he wasn't. Actually, no, I think I'm wrong about that. He was an All Star once, though. And then there's like the Daniel Nava years. Where well, the, and here's the other thing: if a team is really good and has say the Red Sox had three extremely good guys but didn't have a fourth, then I could see that as a way of supplementing it to to properly represent like the goings-on of the season. But I understand why it didn't happen and why it probably shouldn't happen in this case. And then I just want just one other thing, and this does not buttress JD's uh, case at all, and um, last year was obviously weird. But the All-Star game sort of, sort of, should take into account the post-All-Star game or entire season. I don't season think so. I've heard that year. argument before. I don't agree with that. I well, Okay, but, the, but part of me thinks that someone like Garrett Whitlock, um, the bar is so high for him to get over to begin with. The fact that he's like, was a non-entity until this year. Uh I just don't see a world where I don't disagree that it's fun when those guys get in, but I don't think there would be anything fun about having Garrett Woodlock in this all-star game, except for, for him, frankly. Soon. I mean, I think it would be very fun to see Yankee fans have to watch a guy who they lost for nothing in the rule five draft in the all-star game. I think that would be very enjoyable. Do you think they could be any more miserable than they are right now? It is. I, I'd like to try it. I listen to sports radio now in New York more than I, I think I said this before, more than I ever have, because it is just beautiful. <laughs> just listening to the sadness and the, oh God, it's great. God, I don't care. I don't I care. Jealous karma that. can come back. Car- karma can come back to bite me. I don't care. I'm just going to enjoy this. Pandemic taught me just, just live in the moment, man. I am jealous that you get to listen to that. Um, all right, so moving back to the players who did actually make the team and uh, the pitcher specifically with Evaldi and Barnes, do you want them to pitch in this game or do you want them to just take the time off? If you, if it was up to you, if Brian Joyner was the decider. Um, I'm totally, I've never been worried about Nate Evaldi's ability to just roll out of bed and throw 99 miles per hour. And I just... I'm not worried about whether he does or does not throw in the All-Star game. I just Barnes, uh you know, I mean, I would love to see if it ends up being a fun close game him if they call on him to close it out. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I would like that. Um I'm a little conflicted with Avaldi, I agree. Let him go out there and throw an inning and just throw like 12 fastballs and try and just like get through quick inning or whatever. That's that's fine. I mean, I understand some people might be worried about his health past or whatever, but I don't think throwing one inning in Denver, Colorado for an all-star game is really going to uh, have that much of an effect. Barnes, I think there's a little bit more of an argument just because it seems like he's lately he's been more good than elite and he might be showing some signs of fatigue and i mean it's that kind time of year so there's an argument that maybe he could just use this break um but to me the flip side of that is this is his first all-star game there's pretty decent chance it's going to be his only all-star game 
Um, if he wants to pitch, and Cora has already said that he's not going to stop anybody, but if these guys want to pitch, I definitely wouldn't want them not to. This is an experience. It's a human experience that they're probably only going to have this one time. So um, I would not... I would not begrudge them if they threw, although I would uh, I would say that there is probably some value in Barnes being able to just sit down for three days and relax. Yeah, I mean, I really mean, I would like Barnes to pitch if it's in the flow of the context of an actual baseball game. Um, if they're using him to hold a lead that is close. Otherwise, just give Evaldi his inning. Give Evaldi's everybody's innings. Just make, just... Just throw. I don't just want go. him throwing nine innings care. and 150 I, I, pitches. I, I don't care. I don't. I don't think it matters for him. I truly don't. That boy. That I mean, guy he has just, an injury history. I history, yes, but his his uh, he's been healthy for a while now. Um, knock on wood. So yeah, yeah I was gonna say please knock on wood there, but no, I mean that's a fair point. I just, I mean, I think the main point, and we agree, is that if they want to throw, just let them throw. It's it, it'll be okay, probably. Um, so another big thing coming up this weekend is, uh, the draft. They've moved the draft back from June into July into all-star week. Uh, first round is Sunday and then the second day is Monday and then it ends on Tuesday. I don't remember the round breakdown for each day, but, uh, it is coming up this weekend and the Red Sox are picking fourth, uh, highest they've picked since the sixties. I forget the exact year, but, uh, it's been a long time since they've had a pick this high. I don't know how much time you spent looking at these prospects or if you have any preferences, but I figured we should probably talk about it at least a little bit this week since it's coming up. Do you have a favorite for them at number four? Well, we talked about this last week, didn't we? I mean, I feel like, yeah. Is it it still lighter? I mean, from, I I have not done, yeah, I've not done any subsequent research, but it sounds like the Red Sox like lighter and lighter likes the Red Sox. So I haven't really thought about it beyond that. That's fair enough. I will say I'm not, as it gets closer, I'm starting to think it's unlikely that Leiter falls to number four. I don't think teams are going to be as scared about his ploy to uh, get um, get a big bonus from them or let him fall. I, I think they'll call his bluff, and he'll probably end up going to someone in the top three. Um, I do really like Marcelo Meyer, who um, we have a post up on the site about him today on Tuesday. Um, he's just an all-around shortstop. Um, pretty much does everything well. He's a high school player, um, which is a little bit risky, but um, he's a really good talent. But he, again, I don't think is going to fall. I think Henry Davis is intriguing. Um, Fangraphs mocked him to the Red Sox on Tuesday. Catcher from uh, Louisville. Probably the best college bat in the whole class, whether or not he could stick at catcher, I think is a little more up for debate, but the bat is almost certainly going to play and uh, will probably play pretty quickly. But um, I think if I had to rank my top four, I would go Meyer, Leiter, Jordan Lawler, who's another uh, high school shortstop who's very good all-around player, and then Henry Davis. Um, but mostly, I mean, I'm excited to see who they get and I think whoever it'll be is going to end up being one of the top, I don't know, three prospects in the organization. Certainly top four, um, but maybe even higher than Downs. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that they could easily be higher than Downs. I mean, the the catcher you were just talking about, I've not followed at all, but that sounds 
everything about that sounds right. Um, I guess Kumar Rocker's stock has fallen a little bit, huh? Teaches a little bit. He's still he's still a top six guy. I think there's a chance the Red Sox will take him. I mean, he's still a massive guy. He's listed at 6'5", 245. Um, he still has the big-time stuff. It's just the consistency wasn't really there this year, the way people wanted to see. So I, I think he's probably going to fall after the Red Sox. But he's, I mean, he's still one of the elite guys, not too far off. He's got, like, the Brady Singer um, path where he's the number one yeah. prospect the year before he comes out. Uh yeah, I, the the cool thing is, as long as they pick fourth and don't pull some slot shenanigans, which I, I mean, I don't know nearly as much about that as they do, but it seems to me that if you can get a top five talent, you just take the best, the best available, or the one that you think is best available and fits within like the top five that is available to you, and just don't ask questions and go from there. But yeah, I think that whoever comes in would probably. If you remove, if you just, even though there will be some overlap, it sounds like if you remove Duran from the equation, um, would slide into that second, second prospect spot probably. Yeah, probably after Casas, but before Downs uh, would be my guess. Um, I did want to talk a little bit about that strategy of going under slot and i mean i know you said you don't like it i don't really like it either um i liked to it me last looking year. at what's that i liked it last year i thought it was yeah I yeah was... i mean i think there are situations where it works i don't necessarily like it this high in the draft i guess i should say yeah that makes yeah exactly that's what i'm saying i think the case for them is maybe they're not maybe they have a top three maybe they really like and I'm just, this is just total speculation. I don't know if this is actually how they feel, but maybe they like Meyer, Lawler, and Lighter, and they don't necessarily like Davis as much. Um, and those three guys go ahead. I guess I could see a case for taking somebody like, I mean, I don't know who they would even look at, but um, Sal Frelick, I guess, would make sense since he's a local guy from BC and he would definitely be under slot. And then you could use that money with their next pick to get maybe another top 25-ish prospect. I mean, I can see the appeal to that, but that's only, to me, that's only viable if you really are down on whoever's number four on your board and the top three guys go ahead of you. Um, But I think it's just so rare, and it should be so rare, for this team to have a chance to get this kind of impact talent that I think you just have to pick the best player. It doesn't matter what position. It doesn't matter anything except how talented they are and you think that they are going to be um, that kind of impact prospect that is just so hard to get your hands on. So I think I agree. I mean, I like I said, there is a case for it, but when you're picking this high, just don't get cute. Just pick the really great prospect because there's going to be one there. I hate to say it, though. When, when you get, gave that BC scenario, uh, BC guy scenario, I was like, Ugh. That sounds like Hyam Bloom to me. Like I could, well, I see so, that. I was expecting him to be connected to the Red Sox a lot more than he has been, um, which kind of leads me to believe that they're not going to go under slot because he just seems like the obvious guy. He's still a top ten prospect. Baseball America has him number nine in the draft class. 
Um, he's good all around player, really athletic, which is something that the Red Sox like. He plays out the middle and center field. Uh, so he checks all the boxes and he's local. I believe, I forget where he's from in high school, but he's, I believe he's from new England, um, his whole life. So, I mean, the fact that he hasn't been connected when it kind of makes that much sense, just leads me to believe they're going to take one of the top guys. I, um, what do you think? Because I kind of like that they can't trade picks because then you don't need to, at least at least in a very narrow sense of we can talk about who's going to get picked where without worrying about the Bengals coming in and screwing everything up. Um, do you do you have an opinion on that? I I mean I think I agree that it makes it easier for us. I guess I never really thought about that angle, um, but no, I totally want them to be able to trade picks. I think it's mm. just adds more i think it makes the draft season more fun i think that's one of the um, most fun parts about the nfl draft um and i mean the patriots this year obviously with the potential for them to trade up and all those rumors i think that makes it more fun and i think it makes trades more interesting um i would really be interested to see how teams value these draft picks and the slot money that comes with them um so no i definitely think they should be able to be traded all right have it your way (laughs) <laughs> um, that, was very, that was very ominous yeah well i do i do think they will i don't really know why they're not allowed to i feel like that's something that might change the cba because that has been kind of percolating a little bit the last couple of years um i don't remember if we talked about this last week i'm starting to realize i don't remember last week very well um did we talk about the red sox history with developing pitchers in relation to drafting a pitcher here, does that scare you at all? Does that push you more towards a position player? Or do you just say, if Lighter or Rocker are the best player there, take them and th- let the rest sort itself out? I think we touched on it. Uh, the past is the past. I don't, you know... It does seem like they're pretty comfortable or have been with this team specifically building around sort of cheaper cast off veteran pitchers but i don't know how often you're going to strike as hard as they did this year i mean they they hit pretty much across the board um and then spider tack took garrett richards's <laughs> life but um so it does i don't know if it scares me also because those guys can be just trade chits if they you know if worse comes to worse, it doesn't seem like that's the way they would do things. Dombo is not running things, but uh, who knows? I mean, they, they did, they did draft Michael Kopech and that was a, you know, retrospectively as they didn't develop him totally, but he did get developed. But I mean, it was, yeah, I mean, it was a good identification of talent. I mean, I think, I don't know. I go back and forth on this a lot. It definitely scares me more. Like if they take lighter, I'll be, scared of what happens to his future more so than I would be with any of the position players but at the same time um, that's just not a good way to run a team you can't run a team out of fear um, and if you think Leiter is the guy and it seems like they do think he's the guy I think that's who you have to pick and then just prove that you could do it I mean if you can't if you really don't think you can develop pitching then um, why do everybody you needs to go and you bit. need to clean yeah, like everybody we need a new administration here. So I don't, I will be scared, but I don't think it's something that they should consider. And I don't think it is. Um, 
last thing on the draft, um, nothing specific with the Red Sox, but like I said, this is the first time they're doing it during All-Star Week. It used to be like the second-ish week of June. Um, you a fan of this move? Do you like it during All-Star Week? Would you prefer it somewhere else? No, this is great. They should do everything possible to draw attention to this stuff. And to their credit, it seems like they're doing it. Yeah, they're doing better. I mean, I definitely don't think, and I'm assuming you don't either. Uh, I guess I shouldn't put words in your mouth. I don't think that the baseball draft will ever be anything close to NFL or NBA. Just, I mean, there's a lot of factors at play there. Um, I think this is better than it was having it in june was just kind of weird especially since the college world series was still going on before when it was happening so you'd draft a guy and then he'd still have to play a few college games or whatever that was weird um i do think i would prefer it if it was in the off season they're the only sport where it's during the season i guess it's because it's right after the college season that's when it makes sense to do it but i would still i would rather have it in january i've never quite totally understood why they can't just have it in january like every other sport and just have it as an off-season event but if you're gonna have it during the season all-star week is probably the best time to do it yeah uh, i as much as i do i mean agree with you that uh, you could put it at a different time eat up some of the schedule i think that mlb is sort of working within the framework that they have this time um, and they're going to just they're going to use it as much as they can, except for on Monday, the holiday after July 4th, not having any well, that's the baseball thing. games. It's well, that it's was like, insane. But that's so that's like I understand it all ultimately goes to the same person, but it does seem like those things are the actual schedule and then the umbrella events of the calendar are. I could see how those two, how something could slip through the cracks on the schedule with regard to that. Now, do I think it's good? No, it's stupid. But um, I think it's more important. Like we can, ultimately, we can wait some time for the baseball. I'm happy that they're, for, they're hitting the bigger target, at least uh, in this case. Yeah. That is fair enough. All right, now let's hit a few more of these uh, non-draft topics before we get into some listener questions. Um, Red Sox are on fire right now. They've won 10 of their last 11 games. They have a four-and-a-half game lead uh, in the division. They've lost just once since the last time we spoke, um, and they have played every day. How many teams in the league do you put clearly in front of them right now? Clearly, I mean, none. None. Well, I mean, they, they have trouble with the Astros, that's for sure. And the NL teams are very good. But I'm sort of not, sort of by definition with the NL teams, you, you they're only going to face one of them. And then if they make it that far, a seven-game series is kind of a crapshoot. So I'm kind of not concerned about it. Um, I'm afraid of the Astros for sure. But I'm focused on the AL. Yeah, so the Astros were the only team that I would have said in the American League, um, which is not to say there aren't other good teams. I think the Red Sox are on, as we said before, I think they're on a similar tier still as the Rays, even if they're kind of pulling ahead a little bit. Um, Same with the White Sox. I think 
those teams have their flaws, but I think the Red Sox have their flaws too. Um, I do think the Astros are the class of the American League right now. And I'm still that's terrified. A, that's an of the interesting Dodgers. word to use regarding the Astros. <laughs> well, I'm going to stick with it, even though I see where you're coming from. Um, no, I, I'm still terrified of the Dodgers. I know they had that little lull in the middle of the season where they were not very good and they are not even in the best team in their division right now. The Giants are still in first place, but I still think the Dodgers are the most talented team at baseball. They still have everything, basically. Um, there's been talk about Mookie Betts sort of having a down year. He's still been unbelievable. He's got a 128 WRC+, plus, which is not great for him, but is very good for just about anyone else, and that's with him hitting poorly. And, I mean, they just haven't really seemed like they've hit their stride, and they're still one of the best teams in the game. They have – they're like a half game behind the Red Sox in terms of record. So I think the Astros and Dodgers, which – um they may not admit it, but I think MLB would probably that would be like their top one of their top World Series matchups. Um, people would be totally into that. Um, I do think those are the two best teams, but I I don't. Other than those two, there's nobody that I don't think the Red Sox are at least on the same tier with, and I don't think they're super far behind the Dodgers or the Astros. But I do think that I would take either of those teams ahead of them pretty quickly, even with Chris Sale. Yeah, I mean, even with. Because I just don't know what Chris Sale is. I'm mildly confident that he's going to be good, but I don't know that enough where it's going to change my projection for this team all that much. Yeah, mildly confident on the Matt Collins scale is like a stone-cold lock. <laughs> That's a fair point, but it's still not enough to uh, still not enough for me to put them above the Astros. Do you? I mean, are you? I guess you think that Chris Sale does make that big of a difference where I, I think mean, it puts the Red Sox on, have not had that success. I guess. I think it puts them on even footing. Um, That's interesting. And I mean, it's not crazy. The Red Sox have a better record right now than both of those teams, but right. And also I'm just sort of applying it to a playoff series. Um, yeah. Applying the logic of a playoff series to any matchup, which is why I'm not, even though I agree, like the Dodgers obviously are the Dodgers. They, they're the old Yankees. They're just they're the biggest, baddest team on paper um, alongside the Padres. But, oh, the Giants. Look at you. Um, but if you apply playoff logic to a series with the Astros and assume Chris Hale participating in some way, which you don't have to do, but for the purposes of this exercise – uh, if I do do that, I see it as about even. No, that's fair enough. Um, and with the Padres, I just I think they're still a step behind the Dodgers, um, mostly because of their pitching, but they are still very good. Um, moving on to the Olympics, so Jaron Duran, we talked about played and qualifying he is not going to go to tokyo for the olympics the red sox do have a couple guys going for team usa uh tristan casas who also played in qualifying um is going to be there also jack lopez who is um he's a veteran he's bounced around a few organizations he's with the red sox right now in worcester he played for puerto rico during qualifying then changed his status um and will be with team usa for the actual olympics but um i think that's cool for Costas and Losis, but the real story 
to me at least here, and I think for most people, is that Duran is not there, um, which came out that that was a t- decision made by the U.S. Olympic Committee, uh, the baseball guys over there. They thought that Duran's timeline was too close, and um, he they looked at him as major league depth, and they didn't want him being called up like right before the Olympics or during the Olympics or anything like that. We predicted that Duran was going to be called up for the West Coast swing. Obviously, that has not happened. He's still in Worcester. Do you have a new prediction on your timeline, or are you just, like, done giving up? I mean, maybe right after the All-Star break. That makes sense, too. Uh, I don't think... I don't suspect. I don't know how it works, but I do not suspect that the Olympic Committee's decision was in a vacuum. I suspect they have some communication with the team. Oh, for sure. And even the Red Sox might have just said we might need him. Well, um, that's what I that's what I was going to say. I think, and I don't know this, but that's my guess on what happened is they asked the Red Sox, "Are you going to need him?" Because I mean, they'll be in Tokyo. I don't know when the Olympics end, but they'll miss at least like the first week of August. So, I mean, it's going to be. It would have to be at least until the middle of August. So they probably asked. Is he going to be called up by then? And they, even if they said maybe, that was probably enough for him not to be there. Also, call him up! Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to think it's not going to happen until after the trade deadline, unless there's an injury. Um, they're just playing so well right now. And the fact that Franchi Cordero is also playing very well and getting that time at first base leads me to believe he might actually be called up before Duran. And I don't know if they want to bring up Duran during the schedule after the All-Star break. So after the All-Star break, the Red Sox only play the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays until um, August 3rd. So they go like three full weeks only playing the Yankees, Blue Jays, and Rays. I certainly think Duran would be able to handle the pressure that comes along with divisional matchups like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Red Sox wanted to avoid bringing him up there. Um, I think injury would change that. I think if they got off to, like, if they played, like, really poorly during the first half of that stretch, maybe they would call him up as a spark. But if things keep going as they're going, I kind of think we're going to be waiting until August, which annoys me, but that's just how I'm thinking now. Oh, you you think it would be hard for him to play against the Yankees? I feel like that would be the perfect entry into the <laughs> yeah, get, get him against Garrett one of the Cole, get a couple home runs under your belt, <laughs> yeah. and then just the rest will take care of itself. Get started against the um, cellar dwellers, and then figure it out there. I mean, it makes sense to me. I don't know if it's going to make sense to the Red Sox. Um, but I mean, I do. I I don't know. I think. I just thought that this West Coast strip made so much sense, and I'm still a little surprised that it didn't happen. Um, and it's kind of making me question their whole plan with Durant. It is, it is kind of strange. They did sell me on it. Well, we'll see. I've so <laughs> I keep selling myself on these plans that just don't come to fruition. Uh, you had mentioned the futures game a little bit earlier. The futures game is on Sunday in Denver. Uh, originally the Red Sox only had one player named to that team, Jeter Downs. Um, 
They did get another guy added yesterday. Brian Bayo took the spot of uh, Mariners prospect Emerson Hancock, who's dealing with some sort of injury issue. I'm not sure exactly what's going on there, but the Red Sox now do get two guys into the Futures game. Is there one of those guys you're looking more forward to seeing on that stage between Downs and Bayo? Well, it's a seven-inning game, so I don't know how many of these. Like, I'm confident that Downs will. Oh, play. I forgot it was a seven-inning game. Ugh. Yeah, which is a, which is stupid. Given That's how one of deep the, the rosters are, things they do. Yeah, they're flying no every sense. single prospect in the country <laughs> over there to go play a seven-inning game. So I am not sure sense. Brian. And let's give the the new spelling of Brian, at least to me, a big round of applause. It doesn't have an I in it, so it's fine. Um, Bayo. But I, I at least am confident that Downs will play and get an at-bat. So I'm just going to go with Downs for that reason. But I'm mostly just excited to see the whole thing. Uh, certainly, if, if there's a target audience, I am probably in it. And it is I, um, and I am hooked by the rosters. They have here. I just want to see everyone. Sad that C.J. Abrams got hurt, too. Like, I'm all, yeah, like Bobby Wood Jr., even Jason Dominguez. Like I want to see them all. Dominguez, I believe they said, is the first player ever on the team without playing full season ball beforehand, which is just crazy. Um, I am also in the demographic for it. Unfortunately, I think it's on MLB Network. I might be wrong about that. I should probably look that up before I say it. But I, uh, you'll it, see in the past, it's on been Twitter. on Twitter. You'll see yeah, that's That's how I'm going to watch it because I don't have MLB Network. But um, So I probably won't watch it. But I will, like you said, see highlights. And I, I am excited to see Bayo just because I haven't seen him this year and he's been such a helium guy. He was somebody that I was very high on coming into the season. Um, and for once, one of those players is actually living up to that. So I'm excited to see what just what his stuff looks like right now because there's been so much hype, and I want to see how much of it is real and how much of it is Red Sox people kind of feeding this information to hype up their own guy, which every team does. Um, I also want to say that is not a new spelling of Brian. You don't remember? Um, oh, Brian Pena? Brian Pena. Yeah. And uh, Brian... Via Real, which yeah, I don't. but were they on the Red Sox? No, well, actually, then... Via Real was on the Red Sox. Well, <laughs> he threw. I don't know if he threw any pitches. Um, oh, he only threw th- four pitches for the Red Sox in 2013. A walk-off, bases-loaded walk was okay. his only. But he uh, still got a World Series ring. All right, so you've humiliated me. That's fine. There you go. I actually didn't know any of this. I'm just reading his Wikipedia page right now. I should be looking at the cakes still, but go ahead. I haven't looked at that yet because you won't hear from me. You'll just hear me drooling. All right. Uh, one last thing before listener questions. We talked a lot about Garrett Richards last week. That was the kind of the focus of the episode. Um, he's been a little more solid. Uh, he was solid last time out. Still not great, um, but kept runs off the board against a good athletics team. Has your worry level come down since last week yeah i mean he he i mean to some degree it seems to me with all these pitchers uh even if you could sort of put aside the injury history it's like they need guys to get through this they just need innings a lot of the time especially because their offense is fantastic so if he can give them innings that aren't total disasters I, you know, I think he will hang on at least a little bit and it doesn't, 
terrify me um, if at least he's working. To, I'm actually, in some ways I'm really impressed by, by what he's done and just vocalizing it and doing all this stuff. And it's, uh, I think, shows how high level these athletes are um, that he can try something totally new and it can, you know, kind of work against the best in the world. It's, it's interesting to me. Um, I'm really curious to see if he can, if he can keep it up. I don't think he'll turn into um, Nick Pavetta, you know, but who is? (laughs) It's not the name I was expecting you to hear or expecting to hear from you. Um, I am still worried about Richards. Although I acknowledge that I've been worried about Richards pretty much all season, and he keeps kind of bouncing back and proving me wrong. So, I mean, this could be that again, but um, the stuff just still doesn't look that sharp. Even in that outing against the A's, he didn't really miss many bats. He was giving up a lot of contact, and that's just an easy way to get in trouble, especially his control is still a bit of an issue. So when you combine a lot of contact with guys already on base, you can get into trouble pretty easily. So I'm still not really expecting this to work out, but he's certainly earned a few more chances. And uh, like I said, I've been kind of betting against him all season and he hasn't been great all season, but he's been pitching well enough to last longer than the rotation than I expected. So I'll probably be wrong again, but I am uh, just going to put on the record that I am still concerned. Yeah, I mean, the the problem here um, is that you allow a lot of contact in Oakland where there's 24 acres of foul ground and can turn that to your advantage. <laughs> that is true, but he's not playing in Oakland very yes. much more. Yes. All right, let's uh, – we got a handful of listener questions, some of which I stole from uh, Jake and Keaton. Um, but let's, uh, let's go through there. So I'm going to start with one that was meant for Jake and Keaton, but – uh, Mike Parker asked it a little bit too late, so we'll get to it. And I think it is an interesting question. Um, Mike asked, do you think there is any potential that Bloom doesn't think Jaron Duran will ever become an everyday MLB outfielder and they're holding him back as a trade chip with a team that doesn't know any better? No. You don't think that's possible at all? I mean, it's possible. Uh, it, you know, people harbor Unlikely. really weird desires and feelings that you cannot you know there's a lot of things that happen in the world that is weird but i don't know any reason to suspect that i mean this is we've the simplest explanation with the lineup thing and with jaron duran thing has been the same all season and it's that they're winning so they're just kind of not changing what they're doing I don't think it has much to do with Jaron Duran. I feel like if the team was trash, he would absolutely be playing right now. I actually don't know if I agree with that, but I think that would just be like service time things. And I think they would maybe justify keeping down all year. But I think I mostly agree with where you're coming from. I guess I'll just say that I had never really considered this possibility much until I saw this question and, it wouldn't totally surprise me. The only issue is that I'm not sure who is out there that they would give up Duran for. I don't think if Scherzer is to be traded, which I we've talked about, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I don't think I would give up Duran for a, a couple of months of Max Scherzer. I don't necessarily see that player out there that you'd trade Duran for, but I mean, I'm 
willing to listen to any explanation as to why he's not up now. And I think yours is probably more likely, but I don't think it's crazy, the other one. I think you would trade it for Max Scherzer, but first you would have to tell Max Scherzer that you wouldn't do it. You get him <laughs> real good and mad. And then it's got nothing to do with over. Max Scherzer. It's got everything to do with Jared Durant for me. Uh, so this question from Angel Rendon was asked to Jake and Keaton, but I really liked it, and I wanted to hear uh, where you came down on this. Uh, Angel asks, who deserves more credit for the Red Sox success, Heim Bloom or Alex Gora? I think there's a name missing. Who's that? Dave Dombrowski. Interesting. So you think he would be ahead of both of those guys? I think he's in the conversation. I think that's fair. I don't necessarily think. I think it's a. Th- I. I. I'm not diminishing. I. It's I'm, obviously a combination. Yeah, I'm not I trying mean, to I mean, diminish what the other two guys have done. The answer is probably high on Bloom. Um, between Bloom and Cora, I'll probably go with Bloom. Um, but that's because I can see what he does. Uh you know, it's a ledger. Whereas with, with Cora, I, and I think Cora is doing amazing. I don't think it's a, probably a huge difference in this sort of ephemeral way we're talking about, but I think that the three, the three guys most responsible are Dombrowski, Bloom and Cora. Yeah, I think that's right. And it's probably, if you're going to break it up into percentages, it would probably be pretty close to even, um, I want to go with Cora here just because I think he has done an incredible job. And while I think people might give Ron Renneke a little bit too much of a hard time after last year, not a lot of people, but I've seen some people. Um, I do think Cora has made a difference, but at the end of the day, I think in today's baseball, a GM just has more impact on a team in general than a manager. So it's hard for me not to pick bloom. I do think your point about Dombrowski is interesting. And John Tabasi um, at NBC sports did write a column uh, kind of just saying, don't forget about Dombrowski's fingerprints. I'm not sure I would put him above bloom. And I don't know that you would either, um, but it is interesting. And like I said, I think it would probably be pretty close to 33% for each of them. And obviously the players deserve the most credit, or at least obviously to me, I think they deserve the most credit. But um, talking about non-players, if I had to pick one, I guess I would go Bloom. Yeah, and I it, I would do that too, but I will simply point out that what, I, what will be interesting going forward is if Bloom makes any of the sort of moves that Dombrowski made that have, you know, the Chris Sale thing right now we're talking, I'm talking about, I'm not going to lump you in there is maybe the difference in a world series team and not world series winning team. And that's, he's already won one world series for the Red Sox. Um, I think it's a successful move. And I wonder if we're not going to see moves like that and if the uh, team can, not they can, because they obviously can, whether that will affect uh, their ultimate finish in seasons, you know, process versus results, at least 
I'm I'm a Dombrowski defender because he went for what we say we want our teams to go for. Um, and it's still, once they offloaded Mookie, they opened up an avenue to enjoy the rest of the fruits of Dombrowski's, uh, or really just the fruits of his, his labor. And those should not be taken for granted. But at the same time, I think, I think the answer is Bloom. I think you're right. Especially with the pitchers, because they've been, for the most part, a, you know, a, re- a revelation. Yeah, I think that's right. I think we do kind of just generally. Um, and the bullpen. Th- throw away what the past front offices have done. And I mean, even with this team, you can still look back to like the Theo era, or at least the Charrington era, where they just, who was in, in charge when they got guys like Draft, Bogarts and Devers. Yeah, drafted I mean, those Bogarts are, and Devers, specifically. Yeah, yeah like those yeah. two guys. So, I mean, it's it's a culmination of a lot of things. But um, Takes a village to raise a Raphael Devers. <laughs> there you go. Took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, the serving guy has a question about Matt Barnes. He says, Matt Barnes looks like he's out of gas, a la Barnes of Christmas Pass. Is he the closer by the end of the year? Of course. Yeah, I think you're... I think you're overstating how maybe shaky he's been lately. He definitely hasn't been as dominant as he was early in the season, but I don't think anyone expected that. Even, I mean, I obviously love Matt Barnes, and he's I'm the president of the Matt Barnes fan club. I did not expect him to not walk batters at the rate that he was early in the season, and now he's missing the zone a little more, but he's still missing a ton of bats and his walk rates in control and he's still getting saves. I mean, he is not blowing these saves. So, um, just like at our oldest Chapman, if you really want to see what, a meltdown from a close. And he game. hasn't lost his job. No, no, he has not. Although that might come soon. Well, they just might not have Can't... save opportunities. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> um, Gavin Blackburn, uh, wants to know if you hate minor league teams naming themselves after their major league affiliates as much as he does. Gavin, who is a who is a good Twitter follow and posts lots of pretty bike pictures, is dead wrong on this. I love it. I love it. Really? Oh, I love it. Oh my god, I hate it. If I was a ki- look at it, if I'm a kid and I'm going to a game that's associated with the team and the team is named the Red Sox, then I'm, I'm, I prefer that. Then I, I prefer, agree. I mean, that's fine. You don't have to. I mean, I grew up right next to the spinners and I didn't, I don't that's know. Fine. I loved the spinners. Well, that's the thing. They're not like, I don't think there's ever a case where they're, I think the Yankees actually, Oh no, even they don't do it. Like if you, if it was the only name they ever had, that would bother me. But sometimes yes, sometimes no. It doesn't bother me at all. I think it's cute. I don't like it. I think the unique thing about minor league baseball and really minor league sports in general is that they play in these different cities that you don't necessarily associate professional sports with and they have their own histories. And I always I think it's cool to tie the name back. I hated that Worcester didn't um, go with something to connect them more with the city and they just did the red sox the main um red claws who are the celtics g league team uh they are no longer the main red claws they changed their name to the 
main Celtics, and I hated a lot. I liked well, that's the Red dumb. Claw's name. Yeah, it was dumb. Um, but I mean, I just generally speaking, I would like to see the Spinners were named the Spinners because of the connection to the Lowell Mills. I like those sort of connections to the city, and I think it's uh, it just seems like a lack of creativity when you just say the Red Sox. And the Red Sox what? have two of their minor league teams. Why did you hate the, the Paw Sox? I did. I mean, they are at least the Paw Sox, which is a little better. Although Worcester is the Woo Sox, and that's the worst name ever. So, I guess it cuts both. Well, ways. that's the thing. I kind of don't even count, even though it's no different than the Paw Sox and the Woo Sox. It's just dumber. Paw Sox sounds better. I kind of don't even count the Worcester Red Sox as Red Sox um, as the name because it's all like I don't very rarely have seen them referred to as the Worcester Red Sox. I think I'm the only person who does that because I refuse to call them the Woo Sox. Right, because it's a better name. Because the Red Sox is a good name. So I, if it was, if it was uniform, I would hate it. Like I like the Brooklyn Cyclones. That's a good name. Um, but if it's there was like the Staten Island Yankees, as much as they're all terrible scum, um, I don't mind that. I think it's kind of cool. It's like oh, you know, seeing the Yankees if you're Staten Island, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> Pretty part. No, though. I get I get where you're coming from, but uh, I still disagree. All right, a couple more questions. Uh, Floyd wants to know which team is going to be more of a threat in the second half: the Rays or the Jays? The Rays. I think so too. I don't get to it as quickly as you do. Blue Jays are good. Blue Jays are good, and George Springer is he playing right now? I don't even know what's going on with Blue Jays. I think he is. Um, I mean, they just have such a good lineup. And if they make a move for a pitcher to really put that rotation over the top, they're going to be scary. I don't know. I I think it's pretty close. And I think both of those, I think all three of the Red Sox, Rays, and Blue Jays have a pretty decent chance at making the playoffs. Sure. But I did. I mean, they're they're up eight and a half games, right? On the Blue Jays, there that's a, nine that's games a, on the Blue Jays. Oh, okay. I guess I, I guess I wasn't really thinking of it as threat to the Red Sox in the division. In I, any given game, the yeah, they can be. In any given game, yeah, they can be just as good as anybody. So, yes, I guess I, I would say if you were to face one of them in a playoff series, who would scare you more? I know I'm changing the question on you, but I mean, probably the Blue Jays, honestly. I think it would be the Blue Jays for me too, which may mean that we're underestimating the Rays, which I do every year, but the Blue Jays do scare me. The All right, Rays last question des- comes They deserve it. They deserve it. Um, I agree. Last question comes from Michael. He just says, Blue jerseys, why? I've seen a lot of people complaining about the Red Sox jersey choices this year. I can tell you I have no opinion, but do you care about the blue jerseys? I have a better question. Why not? There you go. Huh? Well, that sarcastic answer seems like a good place to end things. I'm not uh, being sarcastic. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. Why not? Who cares? Come on. Yeah, that's fair. I agree. I don't really care. Um, and I do want to end well, today's I, show. I, hold on. Let me just quickly say, people said the same thing. I mean, are they talking about the City Connect uniforms? Um, I think they're talking about the Navy Blues. Right. The Navy Blues. Of course, the City Connect uniforms, people said the same thing. I'll tell you, I see people walking around in those things. Those things are fly. I got nothing bad yeah, to say Yeah, those things are those. pretty sweet. So, yeah. one man's trash, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now I'm done. 
Alright, now I'm going to end the show. I hope you did enjoy today's show. Um, if you did, please subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, leave us a rating and a review, if applicable, on that podcast provider. Uh, tell uh, tell your friends, family, strangers about us so we can up our listenership. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I run the Over the Monster account, at Over the Monster. Brian is at Brian Joyner. Brian with a Y, Joiner with an I. And you can find all of our writing at uh, overthemonster.com. And we will be back with you next week.